All right, everyone. Welcome and good morning. We had a great show lined up for you today on the new media show. Of course, I want to welcome my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Good. Good, Todd. It's great to be back doing the show again. It's always exciting um, talking on this show and talking about what's happening in the podcasting space and even the the new media space. It seems like it's a ever-evolving area um, that really, really, I think, has an impact on millions of people's lives every day now. So that hasn't always been the case. No, it, it hasn't. And we've got a lot to talk about today. And uh, there's always um, fun to be had when you're searching the Internet and looking at articles that people are writing about podcasting. Oh, now my screen is working. Yay. <laughs> it must have been a browser thing. I was getting a glazed over uh, video feed on uh, on Facebook. But, yeah, I just sent my tweet out, so hopefully we'll get some people to uh, to join us. But have you got your Christmas shopping done, Rob? No, I have not. But that's okay. I don't have a lot of, a lot of people to buy for. I can do it pretty quick. Okay, I see us on yeah, yeah. On, on Facebook Live, so yeah, we're yeah, we're up. we're good on that. So it's a uh, I, I've been uh, collecting just simple stuff, you know. That as a family, we decided that uh, our big present to ourselves would be the the new TV in the living room, and <laughs> and then uh, I've just gotten some you know stocking stuffers and that kind of stuff. So I think I'm pretty close. I gotta get something for my wife yet, but uh, other than that. My Christmas shopping, I think, is done. My Amazon uh, truck deliveries have slowed down, so <laughs> they uh, they they've kind of hurt us here. We we can't ship anything in right now with uh, to Hawaii with lithium batteries in them. They've uh, really yeah. Not, I mean, no lithium batteries from anybody. Well, it's just like well through Amazon at least you you can still get a phone or an iPad or a a laptop, but you can't get anything else that has a lithium battery in it that needs a charge it's uh yeah so i you know i don't know if they're worried about stuff burning up in airplanes or or what but uh yeah so it's so now i'm shipping stuff to my mom (laughs) and she's you know reshipping back to me which is still cheaper than you know paying someone a fedex bill so uh but yeah, we're, we've been spoiled all these years, and, and they kind of put it. One, one guy at a party I was at last night was talking about it, and he was he was mad because <laughs> he went to buy a camera battery, and it was uh, thirty seven dollars on Amazon, ninety three dollars here in the store, and he couldn't get it uh, via Amazon. So, uh, wow, yeah, uh, aren't you know that's that's the price of living in paradise. So. Well, yeah, I mean, I know that uh, a lot of the the bricks and mortar retailers are getting challenged uh, every year more and more by Amazon, you know, and their their dominance. And there's other players that are doing successful e-commerce out there too. It's not, you know, yeah. it's not just Amazon that's causing the the real world stores to to be challenged. But I think overall, it's going to be a good good holiday season. I think for retailers. Yeah. I, I yeah. prefer to buy local, but the problem is, is when they're three times or two times higher than, or even three times higher than what I can get it, the same product online. It's it's really hard financially to support the local store. You try to give them an opportunity, and they just they just shrug their shoulders, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. But 
anyway, enough about Christmas shopping. I want to welcome everyone. And uh, <laughs> chat room starting to, to populate here little by little. But uh, we've got quite a bit of stuff in the news this week. And uh, you, I, Daniel J. Lewis, David Jackson, uh, we all took exception to a to an article <laughs> that yeah. uh, Brady Dale wrote on the Observer, Observer.com. You know, I have to say that most of the junk on podcasting is largely coming off of Observer.com. I have not seen them really do a good podcasting article in a long, long time. And, um, but, uh, yeah, the eight podcasting innovations. So I thought today <laughs> you and I would take just a little time to debunk some of these on this top eight list. And I think what we end up having happen is people call something that's already being done or has been done by a different name and reporters are like, oh, I'm out of something amazing and they get sucked right in and don't have a clue that it's already being done well or it's just not real i mean that's that's the other thing too or it's just uh i mean it's it's a complicated question and to be fair about it i mean uh this article is not really i don't believe it's journalism per se or anything like that i think what what it is is just a a new person that uh is observing the medium today and seeing what they think are trends that are happening with podcasting um, that may or may not have any legs or um, or any kind of impact at all. They're just new, what is perceived to be as new concepts or new activities that podcasters are, are doing in the medium uh, with a total disregard for whether or not that they're significant or impactful or um, have been around for 10 years, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just, it's Todd, it's like what we've been talking about for a long time on this show is that, you know, I, if it's new to you, it must be new, you know, right, um, right, right. and that's not necessarily always the, the, the case, but the one that really jumped out to me on this list, and we can probably start off with that. It's his number six, which is, in 2016, we, we should preface this and just say uh, <laughs> podcasting innovation, right? Let's right. just start off at the top. Right, right, right. Is editing the audio file, Todd. Did you know that? Editing. Editing, editing the audio file. Is a innovation. Is an innovation. <laughs> so let's, let's see what he really says on this here. It says um, many podcasts are just two people talking in a room. Until NPR got super serious about the form, and if I remember correctly, NPR has been super serious about the form from the beginning. Um, yeah. It was fine to yeah. consider a show finished as soon as two talented people completed a recording session. But in a crowded marketplace, this no longer flies. And he writes it as a fly. F. Okay, so um, shows are expected to cut out the garbage and make good use of listeners' time. Editing is bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't edit and I'll never edit, but I know a lot of people that do edit and I know a lot of people that have been editing from the very beginning. I know I've been editing since, uh, you know, 2001 <laughs> when I started doing a radio show and put it online. Yes. Yeah. You know, some do, some don't, some won't. I'm in the category of won't Yeah, and don't. 
you yep. know. Okay, and does it cost me audience? I don't care. <laughs> well, let's let's Todd, let's kind of tear this one apart a little bit more sure. because I think what he's tapping into, and I think what he's unfortunately doing here is that he's oversimplifying things yeah, here. Yeah. I think what has um, maybe somewhat um, escalated or improved is the is the um, the effort that's being put into post production around some podcasts. Some, um, and I think that's probably what he's referring to here. But he's not very good at pulling that apart because he, I, I'm not sure he really understands the distinction here. But if you look at like a serial or you look at um, you know s- s- you know these audio dramas and and things like that that have been coming out over the last year, those have involved a lot of editing. True. Uh, the, the, there's no question. A lot of piecing together of audio clips, transitions, fade in, fades outs, music layers, um, to to add a more kind of dramatic feel to the audio, and and if that's what he's talking about here, I would tend to agree. But I I would have to step back and say I don't think it's an innovation. I I just think it's a it's a symptom or a um, it's being caused by more economics coming into the the medium, uh, and and more serious players like NPR is a good example, and Gimlet and others that are investing in um, having staffs or teams actually produce these programs, um, and and I think that's all it is. I mean, it's it's not that editing is back or it's an innovation. No, I think he's to- totally missing the the whole mark here. <laughs> and, and and it goes back to a lot of this is an East Coast bubble thing. He's looking yeah. at what's happening with the East Coast. Maybe he's been reading too much of Nick Qua's article and not understanding what's really happening in the podcasting space. Like Nick oftentimes has no freaking clue besides yeah. his little bubble on the East Coast. So, yeah. um, you know, he puts out a good news- newsletter, but he just misses so much. Um, but, you know, the the editing... Um, yeah. And here's the thing, you, you know, any of you have been listening to this for any time, you know, might know my philosophy. I got married and I'm married with kids, you know? Yeah. And, time is uh, premium. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, and, and I, this show has no budget, you know, no sponsor, no support. So there's no, no way. And, you know, we do this show because we love the podcasting space. If I really loved it, I would spend another five hours editing the show post-show. But let's get back to the, let's get back to the beginning of this whole podcasting evolution or revolution or whatever you want to call it. There's no rules. You can do what you want. That's the thing. No one says you have to edit. No one says you have to spend five hours cutting every uh, mm, hum, cough, fart out of your podcast yeah that's it, right. it's what you share is important and f- and it is true that for for many shows um editing like you said is has been viewed as a compromise in the auth- authenticity of the medium true um and and i think that you know he's saying it here it says that said, people weren't really doing editing on podcasts for a long time, other than radio shows that also publishes podcasts. And, and he's totally looking at this through the lens of NPR. 
um, that that is not um, really. I mean, he's making a globalization statement that's just not accurate, um, and and it's only from the view of NPR, and he he's just having a difficult time pulling out what the distinctions are that, that are really impactful here. And, and let's be frank, not everyone can afford a $1,300 mic. NPR's no. mics that they use are several thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, and, you, you know, to do a decent podcast, you don't have to have an expensive microphone. No, but you have to get the NPR sound, you almost yeah. you have to. But, yeah. you know, yep. and there's, you know, lots of, you know, I'm a big opponent of the ATR 2100, but there's, literally probably thousands of podcasters using that, that, that microphone, um, mm-hmm. you know, and is, is it, I don't like it, but guess what? A lot of people do love it. So, yeah. and it, it is what it is. All right, let's move off editing. Let's talk about social podcasting. <laughs> and he specifically refers to anchor the app that we talked about that came out of beta works, the, uh, yep. for the NPR folks, you know, when something's, innovative it's innovative for everyone not just for one property and i think it's a cool experiment for people to try you know for a if you have a hyper audience it's super interactive and you know i think you can get this i think it's open source i think you can download it and you know put a server online and implement it and probably go through all the pains of maintaining it but Here's the deal, you know, so many podcasters today, they don't even have a .com, they don't even have a website. So how are you going to anchor them to do interactivity if they're not, if you don't even have a place to send them? So, um, uh, whoa, okay, I moved a plug, sorry. Um, so I, while Anchor's interesting, you know, people have been putting transcripts and stuff online for a long time, so... And it ties kind of ties in in number seven, but social podcasting to me is, you know, is is really talking about everything that we do on Facebook and what we do uh, in a variety of different venues. You know, it's not, uh, you know, Twitter posts and that kind of stuff. It's not. That's where we're. That's where we're engaging people today. Yeah. Well, you know, I th- the whole social podcasting thing to to me is is something, um, let me go back. I mean, this probably isn't publicly known, um, by, by many, but, um, three or four years ago, there was many of these big platforms and I'm not going to mention names, but the big platforms that are popular in podcasting today, um, had these, uh, these pilot projects inside of their companies. Cause I got shown some of these projects, uh, early on to, you know, for me to give feedback on. Sure. Um, that were these kind of audio conversation, Twitter-like social sharing platforms. And many of those, uh, those platforms opted to not deploy that, the, that service. And, and I think that one of the key reasons for that was is that it's, they, they didn't feel like it was really going to get that much traction. Um, and, and, and really what we're talking about here is an app. This is my perception of what he's talking about is an app that, that enables uh, just everyday people to um, almost do like uh, voice messaging to each other mm-hmm. back and forth uh, that's typically short form. Um, that It's almost like a conversational app around audio. Um, and 
it's not really podcasting that, that that's that's the thing i mean it it's it's really just a conversational app um for people that want to stay in in contact you know with each other it's not really that same paradigm and it's not going to be content that's a bit that's that's made available on itunes or any other platform um but i know that many of the i can name one i know TuneIn had a trial app that they were playing around with for about a year and a half that was going to do exactly this and they they chose to kill it because it didn't have legs uh i i know of at least a couple other companies that were playing around with a similar app or a concept never got built um and and i don't believe that it's something that people are really interested in doing. Um, and, and we could also talk about uh, podcast search, which I covered on my, my speaker live show this week is another thing that most people don't really want to use either. Um, so, you know, we can talk about that later though. You know, I but think, anyway. I think too, and I'm going back to social and specifically the anchor piece, you know, they rolled out a, a and it's, it's a beta test. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, they were going to see how well it was utilized. It got some good press and, yeah. you know, but it failed, from a, I thought, yeah, it's failed because no one's talking about it. There's and no one's using it. Um, yeah, you know, so, you know, if you have mass deployment and people can use it, well, maybe, but you know, again, it really goes back to if we really think, okay, if each of you that are listening right now, if you think how you listen to podcasts. I know what I do in the car, turn Bluetooth on and I let a podcast play and my phone sets in its holder so that I don't get a ticket for messing with my phone. Um, if you're on the subway and you maybe listen to a podcast, maybe you're also reading Facebook at the same time, or maybe you're doing social media or something. You're, you're not looking at the app that's playing the podcast. It's just like listening to Pandora. It's on, it's running, you're listening you're not interacting for the most part. Um, this is one of the reasons why chapters and podcasts also never took off. They never got interactivity. So the social podcasting as an innovation, you know, the really the innovation is the ability to be able to easily share your show and information about it and latest topics and maybe a sampler or, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's social podcasting. But in the end, um, and social is also, in my opinion, the feedback you get from your show via email or or, or those social media accounts. But that's yeah. something we've all been doing for, huh, well, since the beginning, really. Well, it's it's not a term that really has any place in the space. Yeah. Um, social podcasting, it, 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 it really has no significant distinction or place in the podcasting space in my view i mean social is just another way to promote your show and and um and outreach i mean uh, granted that's social is a way is one of the key ways that people discover new shows and, yep. and things like that but that's more like word of mouth communication i wouldn't put like social media into that bucket i would i would back it up at a higher level and say it's interpersonal communication um is is what drives uh, a certain amount of listenership of a podcast. Um, but anyway, I, you know, I think we've kicked that one. <coughs> yeah. Hard. Number seven, automatic transcripts. <clears throat> oh boy. <sighs> that gets back to audio search again. And, um, 
this is a dead man walking. And, and I will admit, there's been an, 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 an a um, a phonic has has come out with a transcript system that um, probably by far is the best implementation to date. And yeah. for me to say that is a lot because um, my challenge with transcripts is that you're putting transcripts up not necessarily for the audience. The audience is not going to read the transcripts. You're putting the transcripts up for Google. And yeah. in large part, Google considers a transcript, especially long, like if I put the transcript for up for this show, it, that article would just immediately get like crushed. It would never be found on Google ever because context. There's not a lot of context. You, you have to, yeah. what we're talking about would have to be heavily edited into like bullet points or statements. The folks at Aphonic have tried to do that. But it's how we talk right now, you and I back and forth, is not necessarily how we write. No. And, and Google is designed to, to basically index readable content. And when it sees what looks like one continuous like dossier or transcript of something, it's just, well, just, it is a transcript, um, yeah. you know, multiple pages, they're their internal sirens go off and say, okay, is this person have truly contextual information or are they trying to work the system to make me think that this article is more important than something else? And because if, unless the topic is like super laser focused and doesn't drift at all, when Google looks at that context, they're going to go, eh. And it's gonna it's it's gonna drop all the rankings. So you have to be really careful with yeah. with transcripts. Um, and still, if someone searches our transcript today, Rob, are, are they gonna find what they really are looking for? No, because <laughs> it's gonna be probably a a five second comment that is missing all the context. Um. That's what I'm saying. Um, audio search is just not uh, something that um, most people want to do. And it, um, it's a lot of there's work. There's been many, many companies that have run at this problem. A lot. Um, o- over the 12 years, and every single one of them has failed. Every one of them. You're right. Every one of them. Yeah. And it's, yeah. How, what is this, a fifth? This is a fifth or sixth or maybe tenth go by someone to try to do it? Yep. At least. Even, yeah. I mean, even Google tried to do it. Even Yahoo tried to do it. And it failed because people just didn't want to do it because it didn't it didn't bring enough value to the search person to actually spend the time to do it. And I know that the um, transcript people out there hate me when I talk about this, but I just I don't. Yeah, I agree. It's it's you have to look at the return. Now, if I put transcripts up and all of a sudden my page views and plays jumped on an article. If I saw this meteoric increase, man, sign me up. I'll be, I'll be there every time. But it's just, I, and I played with transcripts. I played with them for years. I was, yep. you know, I was using a separate laptop to use, um, oh, there's a capture software that was early on. Oh, man, can't even think of the name of it. And, and I used that and edited, and I did, but I tried. And I gave it a, and believe me, if I could have made it work, I would have. But 
Alphonic's the closest at this point, but he goes on to even talk about Audible as a pioneer in this related area, which links audiobooks to Kindle titles so readers can switch back and forth to read text while listening. That's different. Yeah, totally different. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with you. That's a na- those, that's a those, narrated story. Yeah, those are based on books. Right. It's going the other way. Yeah. So he's totally mixing, you know, he's saying our our prediction one day we won't comprehend how anyone could have ever published spoken words without linking it to an accurate text. Uh, you know, he's not really understanding the technology of this stuff either. Uh, one of the key reasons that um, most of the companies that have run at this have pulled the plug is because of the costs. The costs and the server resources that it takes to do what he's saying at scale is beyond the ability to monetize it, uh, way beyond it. Um, there has been companies that have tried to do uh, comprehensive audio search Uh, Can you imagine what kind of server it would take or server farm that it would take to index every podcast that's ever been recorded and is recorded and published every day? Um, How's that going to get paid for? And, well, it won't. And contextually, again, what ultimate value does it bring? Is it driving more traffic? Is it, it uh, it doesn't. And when someone does, when someone proves to me that this works, you know, I'll eat crow and I'll start doing it. You I know? would love it that it does. Yeah, me too. But, but, but I've, I've tried to use all these services. You know, many of these companies have had me come out and they, they would give me a demo. Um, actually, there was two companies just in Seattle. This was back in like uh, 2004 and 2005 time frame. That, that were ramping up. I was friends with the CEOs of these companies and they told me the same thing. It's like, we gave it our shot. We couldn't make it work. And I don't believe that things have changed today where it's any different. Sure. Bandwidth is cheaper and sure. Server resources are cheaper, but at the end of the day, nobody wants to do it. Right. Nobody wants to search this stuff. Well, so anyway, yeah. that's uh, an innovation in my opinion, absolutely debunked. debunked. Okay, we've already <laughs> talked about editing. So let's talk about the uh, finite playlist. The finite playlist, yeah. So um, so just so you know, uh, back in 2006, maybe, I filed for a trademark for something called MyCast. <laughs> yeah. It allows you to very easily create a playlist and have a custom RSS feed. That's still available today over at Blueberry.com. And uh, gets used by literally thousands of podcasters that have a, a custom playlist that has shows that they pick that they want to listen to, that they want to have this river of content available to them. And um, so creating playlist has been fantastic. There's been some attempt, again, at companies like you know Pandora and stuff. They do a good job putting playlists together of music. And there's also now some companies are trying to put playlists together of audio. They specifically yeah. refer to auto and their deal with uh, Uber. And I really love to see, and next time I'm using Uber, I'm going to see how this mechanics works and if it's clumsy or not. 
on how they, how they've actually done this. But we talked about this last week. It, it's a playlist of a limited selection of shows that may or may not interest you, and that that have to fit into a designated time frame. Right. So if you're going yeah. to be in the Uber car six minutes, they find a playlist for a podcast playlist for you that you can listen for six minutes. Which, which takes us back to, to NPR again, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's okay. If that's an innovation, giving me, telling me I'm too stupid to know what I want to listen to, you know, they would have been better. They would have been better to have uh, framed this. And Otto, I'm, I know you guys are listening because you've been emailing me. So, Here's what you should have called that auto instead of a playlist. You should have called that a sampler, a discovery sampler. When you get in a car, we're going to give you a discovery sampler podcast for six minutes. That, well, go ahead. Well, Todd, didn't you know that, uh, you know, podcasts can, successful podcasts out there can be five or six minutes long? Didn't you know that? I only know of uh, one <laughs> podcast in existence today that has a five or six minute podcast. And I know exactly. Only so how one. can it fit into a, a variable time frame? I, I mean, and, unless I don't I'm, even understand the context. Of this unless I'm getting really. in an Uber in New York city and going out to J uh, going out to Newark where I'm going to have a 40 minute ride. Yeah. This is the only time, you know, how, how long are you guys spending in Uber? So you get in a car and at LAX and go to, Hollywood or to a meeting, you, you know, you're in that car, what, 20 minutes maybe? Yeah. You know, Uber rides are, you know, when I was in New York City, my Uber rides were like six, seven minutes max. You know, and who's using, and, and most people are using Uber that are, you know, they're not, not taking a $200 Uber ride somewhere. So, okay, so the, the playlist stuff, you know, any listener with their salt are going to have their dedicated playlist and i'm always behind on my dedicated playlist if i need yeah, to fit something in it's like bam i have my go-to it's it's there and most of the the successful apps podcast listening apps have the ability to create a playlist right. so you don't really um and it doesn't have to be finite you don't want it to be finite so it's a it's a twist all right but is it yeah. innovation no. It's a feature, you know, if it's innovation, yeah. everyone's implementing it. Every podcaster says, oh my God, I got to have this tomorrow. I'm putting it on my website. That qualifies as an innovation. Yeah. In my opinion, maybe I'm wrong. All right. Well, let's put a black mark through that one. Um, and please, I, I really encourage Brady, if you want to come on and talk about these and how it's an innovation on the show, we'd be happy to have you on. Um, yeah. Local recording, number four. Dun, da, da, da. Local recording for remote interviews. Ooh, Rob, uh, Rob, hmm. Rob, where are yeah. you at? What? What's where are that? you at? Are you, in my, are, are, you, are you here in Hawaii with me? No, no, no. Well, it's... It's this whole concept. Uh, it's the double ender stuff, is what he's talking about. Right? I know, but I'm I'm trying to you know stir the pot here. Yeah, you're in Seattle, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Remote recording happening right. How long have we been doing the show? Uh, five or six years. <laughs> okay, 
Um, before that, we did another show, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we've been remote recording for a long time. Now, we get a little bit of extra gear here. But, we, you know, in the early days, a lot of – go ahead and talk about Double Enders. <laughs> <laughs> double Enders has been done as a concept um, with mixers and – local recordings for a long time. That's, that's where the concept came from is, is lots of people did not, um, trust Skype or trust, uh, these voice over IP systems to accurately transmit, uh, or not accurately, but have a quality recording. Right. Uh, so what people started to do is they started firing up their, their recording software on each end of a phone call and talking to their microphones oh. and re- and, no. and recording it locally, really, and then and then putting those two wave files together to create a show. That that's how this goes back to the very early days of podcasting, like two thousand five, right. the beginning. So, yeah. okay, okay. So yes, a ZenCaster allows podcasters to have a voiceover internet conversation, but there's been a lot Skype. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Lots of other software. <laughs> oh, Google Plus. Um, yeah. mm, oh, Go to Meeting. Um, uh, oh, how long has Go to Meeting been in space since two thousand five? Yes, people do podcasts by using Go to Meeting. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, FreeConferenceCall.com. Oh, 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 yeah. People have been doing recording remote podcasting. Please. Yeah. You know. It's, it's, got yeah, a, it's, it's, it's got a and Zencaster's cool. Not taking anything away from those guys at all. Um, but it's not necessarily innovation. I think that the only thing that um, is is different is over the last three or four years that, that, that there has been an, a, a group of upstart startups that have tried to automate and make it easier to do double enders. And, and I think that's that's the innovation that he's talking about. And, um, the, 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 the innovation of local recording for remote interviews is not an innovation. No, it's, it's the, it's the simplification of the process where companies have created an app that, that will make it easier to do and more accurate because there was some issues with doing it and having it come out well. Um, you know, and, those systems are not a hundred percent foolproof either. No. So, you know, and yeah. it, again, uh, you know, don't don't get me wrong. With Zencaster and the other the other companies that are doing this, or they're you know, it's pretty nice. But it at the Ringer same, is another one. Yeah. That's out there. Oh, when did those Ring, guys, Ringer? Those guys. Oh, yeah. Those guys have been around. Ringer's been around for probably like three to four years. Right. They've been actually, I think, longer than that. And, and, you know, that's, and most podcasters knew about Ringer way before they knew about Zencaster. Yeah. So Zencaster is kind of a new entrant to the space. Yeah. Um, that hasn't been around very long. Yeah. Which this also m- screams as this person wrote right, writing the article didn't, didn't even realize that. These next two, I'm really going to get pissy about. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've talked about this one to death in the past, haven't we? Yeah. API streaming. Did yeah, you right. did you know that's not even a fucking word? 
It's not. But it's it, not it, even something anybody's doing. It, it doesn't other even than just it, this one company. It doesn't even. Uh, it doesn't even exist. Yeah. yeah. Oh, beyond an app, one app. So. <clears throat> It's not yeah. a controversial item on the list. It is a non-starter podcast. It all gets, yeah, it all gets back to context here, right? Right. Um, and, and, and believe me, there has been no context. It's yeah. been this, and, this secretive word called API streaming that no one has a damn clue what they're talking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you stand back and you look at it from the bigger picture, and this is kind of funny, is that um, most apps have a a API connection to their their source servers. Um, so you, you know, I think what what they're trying to say here is that they're going to replace RSS with an API, and the question gets back to who the hell is even doing that? Nobody is. No third party. It, today is accepting an API in replacement for an RSS feed. And Apple will never, at least at this time, <laughs> do a two-way call and let us know when someone has hit play in their app. This is what it's about. They want that, they want that confirmation that the listen happened. They can't get oh. over it. And so they're selling this bill of goods like, oh, we've got this famous API that allow us to know exactly what our listeners are doing. And we're going to be able to spy on them. And we're going to be able to know when they hit stop and when they hit the plane, when they hit fast forward and when they scrub ahead, we're going to know all the information because it's all going to come back to us via an API. No app. Yeah. No app that is in the top 100. And when we get into the top 100 at that, like the bottom one is like under 100 are, are like desktop apps that were made 10 years ago. They get 50 listens. Mm -hmm. So yeah. no app in the top 100 is calling home to mama. Yeah. Well, and, and he mentions in here, all the big networks are getting into API distribution. That's bullshit. Uh, I, uh, Yeah. No, not oh he's, yeah. He's no. He's misunderstanding what's he's going on. He doesn't have a clue. Yeah. RSS I mean, will sure there may be something follow on to RSS, but there's no one adopting at this point. Well, the, the only thing that could be going on here is uh, Art Nineteen could be out there pushing this agenda on to various apps, trying to push it on them um, as a. But I just if if that happens, then guess what's going to happen? Yeah. Those app folks are going to have to pro uh, provide that feedback to all, not just Art Nineteen. Yeah. Because imagine, imagine, <clears throat> okay, imagine you as a pod, <clears throat> imagine you as a podcaster that don't use Art Nineteen as a service, having your data on how your, what's being played in your show going back to Art Nineteen and not shared with you. But Todd. If if you host your show on Art Nineteen, you get API distribution. Okay, that's a good reason to go to Art Nineteen, isn't uh -huh. it? Or or as uh, this guy writes in here, Art Nine. Oh, so. oh, he put Art Nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. So, I understand what they want. We all want two way. We really do. We all want that. 
But the reality is we'll never get it. Yeah. There's a lot we already can get that shows how much of a file has been downloaded. You know, we already can see that. We can see how when someone has stopped. And 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 let me put out another scenario around this. Um, if Art Nineteen was serious about this being a new um, distribution method to replace RSS, <laughs> then um, using it as a competitive wedge right. uh, is not the way to get it adopted. No, um, it's it. The way to get it adopted is propose it to, let's say, the IAB group uh, and have it pushed out to through IAB into Apple and into Google and these other distribution platforms um, as a as a replacement for RSS. Um, and you may get some people looking at this and going, okay, let's consider it. Let's look at what the specs are and let's see if we can get it done. But Art19 is using this buzzword to get new hosting clients. Oh, and by the way, vaporware. <clears throat> Art nineteen may not tell you this, but you can use our service and keep your feed. Yeah. <laughs> Don't if you decide to go over there and look, you can use Art nineteen and keep your feed. There you go. Dun dun dun. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you know, I hate to beat up on those guys but but we want to have a successful medium and we want to have a successful podcasting space and this is not helping um this is just a competitive wedge against other people um and it's unclear uh, what the benefit is to anyone um the only api distribution that's happening that could possibly even be happening is between Art19 and some listening app that they have. Right. It's the only thing that could be happening. That's the only thing. Absolutely right. And if they're not doing that with their own app, why aren't they? And, and, you know, and so, you know, it's like when we introduced um, Subscribe on Android, we opened the spec up. We said, here's what it takes to do this. It's not going to interfere. Anyone can implement that wants to. It's been hugely successful. Hundreds of thousands of people subscribe on Android daily via subscribe on Android because they've been able to one-click subscribe into an app. It's been a huge success. And what did we do? We opened up the specs. And anyone who wants to implement this, you can put it on your server, on your website, make it easy for listeners to subscribe. It was all about building listenership. And... um, Podcasters have adopted it. We help them adopt, obviously, for the PowerPress users. But it's, you know, it's just a little widget. They stick on their website, bam. That you know, it's it's same function. So, but we didn't like. We got this secret thing that helps you get Android listeners, and you can only oh. use, you you can only do it if you're hosting with us. We didn't do that. Todd, I I know what this API distribution is. It's to web players. There you go. It's already done. <laughs> I know. That's my point. Is that that's the only other place it could be, right? Right now. <laughs> uh, elementary dear Watson. It's just uh, I hate to say it, the whole thing is just a joke. So the so he, okay, so it's on uh, let's say they got in a few web players. What is the percentage of podcasts are being consumed by web players? I'm going to have to load our latest 
or oh, wait, I haven't done it probably since July, so I have to go back. Anyway, there's a I did a whole piece on how many it's people probably are, ten to fifteen percent, right? Yeah, I think so. Like I think we came with like don't quote me here, but like twelve or thirteen percent was the number. Yeah, yeah. And it's going down. So that's because it's a web based uh, listening. Right. So yeah, yeah okay, get sampling on ten or twelve percent. Sure, that's pretty good sample for listening on a web, but it doesn't really translate into mobile listening and how people are actually using their yeah. mobile phones. And if they're talking about using this API distribution to uh, to Apple, which is fifty sixty percent of the market, uh, ain't happening, buddy. At this point, and if it is happening, it's going to be based on Apple spec, not Art nineteen spec. I guarantee you. Yeah. Okay, so we've we've uh, beat that beat that dead horse too. So let's move on to standards. So, um, yeah. so NPR early last year, and I we were we put a press release out. They came out and they they did a lot of harm in their announcement of their mm-hmm. spec that was, well, let's just be frank, not scientifically thought out. It it was it was full of issues, um, fraud prevention, overcounting. I mean, just it was like really, who who did you have of a technical basis that actually read your piece? There was some stuff that was good. There's a few things in there that were good, and I we said that at the time. Yep. Um, but um, the IB working group. Uh, 26 companies uh, did release their report in September. It was a good thing. But, um, you know, I had a conversation with someone the other day about it. They said, uh, um, well, I'm using this company's stats. I'm like, have they come out publicly said that they um, are in compliance with the IAB guidelines? And crickets. So what we have still and again, it's it's not something that's mandatory. People don't have to implement it if they want. But you have 26 companies that have agreed to a guideline, initial guideline. We're going to start working on version two here. Uh, actually, we're having a kickoff meeting next week. And, um, and I hope it will go deeper and really lay in some hardcore definitions. Will we be able to get that through? I don't know. But here's the problem. We've there is, there's been guidelines in place. As a matter of fact, many of the guidelines that are in the IEB document, guess what document they came from, Rob? <laughs> the, uh, the Association of Downloadable Media. Oh, yes. And matter of fact, <laughs> some of it was verbatim. <laughs> yeah. Hardly an innovation. So there has been a spec. It's just been some players have, not been willing to put the time or the research or the science or had the volume to be able to do enough analysis to understand what they're really seeing. Yeah. There's some that are, and in, 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 let's be honest, in my opinion, you know, going a couple of years ago, there was potentially one or two bad players. And has the IB guidelines changed the practice of any of these companies? Don't know. Uh, there's no way to know. No way to know because there's there's really no certification process, and nope. the you know you can go pay the hundred and twenty thousand dollars to MRC annually to come in and do a certification, uh, but Rob, uh, I'm going to take 
that dollar amount to my CEA, CEA, um, you know, my financial officer. And he's going to look at me and he's going to be like, we need to consider, no. reconsider who's the CEO of this company. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, you're out. You know, yeah. as much as I would love to do that, $120,000 for, you know, to certify yeah. something I already know. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. So I would hardly say that uh, what the IAB, IAB did this year um, was innovation. It was I think a good it was step. A stepping stone. Yeah. Um, so you know, I don't think we've we've reached the point of innovation here right. at any level. Um, and, and, and you know, what's even more funny about this whole thing is that I've never had an argument with a media buyer about measurement. I've had to explain it. There's never yeah. been, I've never what lost, I've never, I'm never Don't lost you know? a deal because of questions on measurement. <clears throat> what is a download, Todd? <laughs> <laughs> and please don't use the word impression. Any of you out there, don't use that word. That, that <laughs> word needs to be banned from your vocabulary. All right. <laughs> we're not, uh, we're not digital. We're not serving digital banners as an impression. Okay, call it what it is. Dart tagging, Todd. That's the key buzzword there. Uh, huh. <laughs> yeah, and there's a, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I dart tag everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if it downloads off the server, it's been dart tagged. Yes, it yeah. has, because there's a log entry that shows you the the start, progression, and finish of that file in a very clear way. That's right, and it may be multiple, and it may be yes. multiple entries in a single a single download. Oh, and if you're streaming your show, unless you're being served from a Shoutcast server, you are or something similar, you are still downloading the show. Even if you've clicked play, oh, I'm streaming the show. No, 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 you're downloading now, Rob. With your guys' service, you guys actually some of your stuff is streamed, so you truly are just streaming. just live now. Just live so, is streaming. <laughs> just just live now so we're we are streaming right now backing <laughs> off from from doing a lot of that shoutcast stuff even with the the on-demand playback um so we're 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 moving away from from that it's only being used now for live yeah so, so we're all all in on the download todd so you know my purpose here you know, we we've been ridiculing this article quite a bit, and, I, and we've been yeah, we we've, we've been hardcore on this. But please, writers, you know, on, when you write your title to your article, if you just said eight cool things happening in the podcasting space, okay, maybe I was so, oh I read through and we could have agreed to disagree. But when you say the word innovation, innovation is something that the whole space is talking about. Wow, look at that. Well, Todd, pull up on the screen what the definition of the word innovation oh, is. Oh, okay. All right. It's, it's almost like one man's uh, trash is another man's treasure. Um, so, the action or process of innovating, according to the Book of Knowledge here, Google, dun 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 is um, a new method, idea, or product. Yep. And, I don't think uh, 
I don't think you need to say much more. Yeah. But. A new method, idea, product. So, you know, we're really kind of, you know, really digging in. But we have one more, one more innovation to, to debunk here. Number one, the most important innovation that happened in 2018 was it <sighs> was shareable experts from clamor oh 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 wait wait oh no wait, not clamor wait, wait not from clamor the, from this american life from this american life was the number one innovation please long clamor been doing excerpts sharing excerpts what have, what have they been, four years now? Three, four years at yeah. least? Yeah. Where's Clamor in this article? They're not. And Clamor's doing it far better than This American Life. Hey, by the way, Clamor's integrated into PowerPress on uh, 60,000 podcaster sites that if they want to enable it, they can. Yeah. This is, unfortunately, this, this whole article is in the bubble, isn't it? It's in the Nikwa East Coast bubble. Yeah. In the bubble. And yeah. you have a failure to reach out to other people in the space. You don't have to talk to me. You know, talk, yeah. to, talk to Dave Jackson. And actually, Dave works for Libsyn, so don't talk to Dave because he's biased. So talk to Daniel J. Lewis. Talk to, um, and Dave, nothing wrong with, and I'm just trying to say if this guy's trying to talk to someone completely outside with no financial hooks talk to daniel j lewis about this or there's you know a bunch of people you know talk to the podcast movement team and or you know and if you want an opinion a biased opinion you can talk to me you can talk to dave you can talk to rob walsh you can talk to rob greenlee yeah and then we're not the only people you can talk to bunch bunch we're not the only folks by far now this is not to say anything bad about anybody else yeah just you know top of mind picks there and well his his the author's comments back on my my questioning of this article on twitter was that um that this article wasn't necessarily about um things that are new these are things that were that are things that are now real is his comment back. This stuff has all been real. Yeah. Everything that we've talked about here has been real forever. Yeah. Sadly, I'm sorry. You're in, yeah. you're uninformed. And we've been boy. Anyway. Well, I think that these are these are topics that um need to be debunked cuz th- there's a lot of people that uh read these things and think that they're true and they're accurate. It's, it's a lot of, you know, what we're seeing here is a lot of what we're seeing in the bigger trend of online media now is that line between truth and, and fake news is getting pretty pronounced oh, because I love it. People, I love that. You just applied that to the fake news meme. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's not really accurate. I mean, um, yeah. Now, <laughs> my son doesn't use this app. I told him he probably should be if he wants to get back in the dating scene. But Tinder has launched a new podcast backed by dating data. <laughs> so in more real news, 
Um, it's interesting yeah. that they uh, Tinder is starting a uh, a podcast. Uh, the new show is called DTR, short for Define the Relationship. It's an anxiety-inducing conversation where two millennials mutually agree on the degree to which they are casual or serious. It's But the sad part, it's only a six-part series. So, um, so that's something that's new and real news and actually was yeah. covered on the Wall Street Journal. Oh. Yeah, that's some heavy, heavy play. It, it is. Um, there was a an interesting article wrote up on uh, Mark Ramsey's website talking, and I have a tendency to agree with this article about uh, the biggest problem with podcasting. And some of the points are a little bit um, problem, but Rob, this is something you and I have been talking about for a long time, is that, uh, you know, we need some more one-hit wonders. As a matter of fact, we need a lot more one-hit wonders um, the problem that we're having is we've got a lot of average shows and, uh, not a lot of super breakout shows like Serial. So, um, yeah, he said, um, let's see, what was a point that I kind of shook my head with? Um, um, he suggested podcasting world should stop slapping itself on its back and ask the bigger question, why are we so small? He says you can blame technology, of course, and the speed bumps associated with discovering usage, but they those are real. But if you want to talk about speed bumps, talk about the $10 per month in HBO or Netflix subscription costs. It seems to me that $120 per year is a bigger speed bump than what most, most of podcasting faces. He says, I think there's a bigger problem. And that problem persists by an ocean of podcasts and hundreds of new ones coming on every day. The problem is not that there is enough choices or even enough discovery. The problem is the absence of a hit. But Todd, I, that's, that's true for just generating buzz, but it's not true from the standpoint of uh, what's, what's really going to drive um, steady growth in this medium. I think I would say to, that, to grow steady listenership in the medium, you have to have a serial like type events to grow awareness and listenership. But you know, we may not see that though. Um, may not. And I think that there's a reason for that too. And I'm not necessarily sure that it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, I, I think that there's only going to be certain genres that are going to be new that are going to pop like that. Um, and to be significant, I think as you just look at media just in general, um, you know, look even outside of podcasting, look at TV, radio, um, any kind of um, online media. Um, I don't believe that any anything is popping to the same degree that it used to. Um, just because there's just so much content out there now. It's true. Um, and and. What this medium has been built on is steady, regular growth. Oh, I know that. Uh, it, no, I know, and I and I think that that's the track that we're on. It's not that we're not going to get there in the end, where this is going to be a huge medium. I think it's just going to take another ten years, just like it took radio right. thirty years to become something significant. Yeah. Um, it just you know it takes time. These things don't happen overnight. And I I agree with you. It would be great if we had another couple of serials. I'm just not sure that they're coming. 
I, I think they're coming. Um, I'm, so, I'm, but... a, I'm an optimist, but it's it's going to take someone that has got some talent. Yeah, but what what would that be? Are you talking about the same kind of paradigm as what happened back in the 90s with like um, Seinfeld or something like that? I mean, if you're trying to draw a correlation between, you know, a breakout hit um, in another medium and apply that to podcasting, I guess if you go back and you look at radio, you know, Howard Stern, um, is it going to take a Howard Stern moving over to podcasting? Potentially. Um, it's going to take something. Well, you know, what we're all looking for is the, is the golden egg, right? The thing that's going to, you know, everyone and their brothers are talking about what podcasts are listening to today. Um, Trumpcast. Well, maybe. Um, <laughs> in honesty, maybe. It depends on uh, how crazy it gets over there, but uh, I don't think the handlers are going to allow it. The um, yeah, it, it it's going to take something. And again, I don't know if I knew that I'd be working on it. But the uh, I, I think we continue to. I, I'm I said I've said this before. We need a hundred serials. We really, really do. We need a hundred shows that um, get the kind of fanfare and. Or we need a West World in the podcasting space. It's you know that at least I went absolutely crazy over for a television series. You know there there needs to be those types of events that happen on a regular basis because you know there are you know breakout stuff that happens in the TV industry that get lots yeah. of press, people, a lot of buzz, a lot of social. People are talking about Facebook. There's um, you know sub shows that are started because of the show. We need uh, more of those type events, and I. I that's going to continue to help the space forward. And that's what I'm agreeing with, with Mark, but I know the reality right now we're on a, again, a continued steady growth. Um, yeah. you know, even cereal did not cause this huge, like straight up button. It, it just, you know, it helped tweak the number a little bit maybe for the year, but there still wasn't like this, you know, we didn't see the line go straight yeah, up. It's not a hockey stick. No, 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 it didn't happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. And I just think that, we're not going to see a hockey stick. Um, no, ever. I don't. But I think we continue to need to have like this article in the Wall Street Journal talking about the Tinder podcast. These are the types of things that people are like. Oh, wow! Let me go look. You know, well, I it, think yeah, exactly. I think what you're what you're talking about here is um, a, a series of podcasts or a series of events around podcasts somehow that um, get gets people's attention. Right. To try the medium out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what it's, that's, that's the goal. And I think that's what Mark's talking about too, you know, in his article and this, you know, the same thing. So in that, there's a few things in there I may not completely agree with him with, but, um, yeah, we, we need more of that. Are we going to get it? I don't know. So switching topics here, Rob, did you get your cancellation notice? No. What's that? You didn't get your email that said your podcast has been canceled? No, I didn't. Yeah, we did. We Our, our podcast is, was, was canceled. Did you know that? This show was canceled? Yeah, it was canceled by some dude named Alex. Oh, <laughs> no kidding. Okay. Yeah. it. Um, uh, an email was going around from the Podcast Authority. The Podcast Authority? Yeah, yeah. Podcast Authority. Some, it's like the Illuminati, you know, that secret <laughs> uh, organization that... Uh, um, controls who's president and, you know, runs the world economy, you know, that, that group, the 
Podcast Authority, they um they um basically got this email that said, Hi, I hope you're well. Unfortunately I do not bring good news today. I regret to announce that as of today, we have chosen to cancel your podcast. There will not be any further episodes. And then right on the head, the name of your show. Uh, we understand that this may come as a shock to you. And unfortunately, some of that content in that last few episodes has been absolutely in unacceptable. We are therefore left with no choice but to discontinue your podcast as of immediately. Hope you understand why you've had to make this difficult decision. And we wish you the best of luck with your further ventures going forward. Yours sincerely, Alex, of the Podcast Authority. Wow. Yeah, someone was spamming people. That guy has some power, man. Yes, he does. It's just an absolutely terrifying email that uh, that we received. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it had you shaking. Yeah. Pot, Hold from, on to your microphone. You're I, about to lose it and, any and moment. I, and I think it came from podcastauthority at gmail.com, a real defining email address. And, it's a uh, serious <laughs> entity, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's podcastauthorityofficial at gmail.com. Oh. So, uh, yeah. But, so it's someone uh, had a little fun. I, I think maybe I, I was trying to figure it out. If someone sent that out, has a business idea, thought, okay, I'm going to send this out and get a little attention. And then I'm going to launch some sort of a website called the podcast authority. And that's going to be a way that I'm going to drive my, um, you know, my, my initial kickoff, but I, maybe it went sideways for me. It was a, maybe Alex was 12 and, um, you know, wasn't super understanding how, you know, the, the look upon scammers like this is, but, um, yeah, kind of funny. So a bunch of people got them. We actually got tickets from people. I got a couple of uh, support tickets that came in and said, my show's being canceled. Who, who, who authorized you? How, how can that be? And I'm like, calm down. <laughs> Breathe. <Yeah. laughs> your, your show's not being canceled. Someone sent you a spam email. Didn't come from us. Calm, calm, calm yourself. <laughs> Don't fall for the phishing attack. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, by the way, if you've been on Bluehost the last 48 hours, I am so sorry. Oh, my God. We've been dealing with their, their There are great podcast hosts, I mean, great web hosts out there. I don't necessarily put Bluehost in that category anymore just because they've had so much trouble. And we're talking about web, your web hosting. Oh, yeah. Man, oh, man. Yeah, they had. Don't know if they got hacked or what. The rumor was they got hacked and had to shut down or did some sort of server change. It's, you know, they're really not being clear, but it's a, a variety of sites. This Bluehost is owned by a big group. And, you know, what's funny is all these people that promote Bluehost as an affiliate program, they don't use them themselves. Yeah. So you've got, uh, you know, uh, some big names in affiliate marketing that are out there promoting what's good for the goose, but not necessarily what's good for the gander. So, uh, um, you know, when you got someone that's uh, promoting something, you ought to see what, you know, do a little, do a little research. So. That's always good to do. Yeah. And it's, and there's another individual that doesn't even use his own feed and he's got a whole podcast website service where he's actually, Encouraging people to pay ninety nine dollars a month for their for a WordPress site with all this great stuff and a feed, and he doesn't even use the feed of his own service himself. 
I'm just like, hmm, that's uh, that's showing you have confidence in your platform. <laughs> and you're the owner, and you're not even using your own product. Wow. Okay. Uh, all right. Sorry. <laughs> um, let's hear what else have I got here for you. Uh, love the rain, guys. Um, what to buy a podcast fanatic for the holidays? Nielsen has an answer. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, are they trying to sell their measurement system or something? Um, no, 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 no. What the Nielsen thinks, every podcaster, what a podcast, this is the podcaster's wish list, index of items podcast listener households plan to buy in the next 12 months so this is what your audience is thinking about getting hd radio number one on the list oh okay <laughs> all right e-reader okay video game system digital camera hd tv that's what they're thinking about buying but the thing that's really stuck out to me was hd radio can i have a show of hands. How many people have listened to HD radio ever? I hear lots of hands not going up across the universe, Rob. I don't hear them. It didn't even cause the trees. If everybody raised their hands, I would have got a little bit of a sway of a breeze outside with the, you know, the disruption of the air. Millions of hands going up would have caused. But I, I, I have listened to HD radio Many times. Really? Do you know how? Can via, you guess how? Via the internet. No. Okay. Uh, your, Digital HD radio? Oh, it's because <clears throat> your because your Windows phone has a tuner in it. No. Oh. Uh, my my Zune HD. Yeah. Was the first. Uh, device to support digital HD radio. Oh. Back in back in two thousand nine. Are you still listening to HD Radio, Rob? Uh, that I need to drop my hand. <laughs> <laughs> but according no, according to Nielsen, the folks that make if you want to uh, work with them, you have to pay them to take your data, and then you have to pay them to get your data back after they've analyzed it. Um, they're saying that uh, the number one thing on podcasters' electronic wish list is HD Radio. Yeah. No. No. I, I I would like show me that. How did you how did you extrapolate that information? That you know what that smells of? Desperation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds a lot like Next Radio too. If you you know yeah, I don't think we've talked about that one in a while too. Yeah. So I just thought it was comical. I saw that up there. I was like, all right, e-reader I can buy off of. But actually, e-reader, no one's really using e-readers. Everyone's using a mobile device with the Kindle and stuff. So yeah. e-reader, uh, okay. But HD radio, a tiny video game, digital camera, you know, who do, who do we, who does, does anyone have a friend that doesn't have an HD TV already? I mean, like, just regular 1080p. Um, I think my first tent, as a matter of fact, you're going to laugh, Rob, my plat or my projection, Sony projection yeah. uh, TV. I have, a, I have a projection TV to 1080p. It, yeah. it blew up. It's done. I'm done fixing it. It went out to the bulk pickup 
uh, or hopefully someone will grab it. And I replaced oh. it with a 4K Sony Bravia. But I had that uh, projection for 14 years. Okay, so I was the last person in my community. Yeah. To ha- because the, the projections were all be sitting on the street about five years ago. <laughs> mine's still working. Well, anyway, mine's mine's now gone, or yeah. at least it's in a compactor or something. So, uh, who do we know? Does anyone, you know, does anyone not have a friend that doesn't already have HDTV? Um, I I don't think too many people don't have it. All right, yeah. you know, I don't think there's too many people are still using. Uh, and yeah, there might be a few that still have yeah. the you know the old school you know, tube TVs and stuff, but there might be a few of those left, but can't yeah, be that many. I, no, I can't imagine. But anyway, that's on the list too. So digital camera, Great. everyone that has a mobile phone has a digital camera. So that's on their wish list. So yeah, this is just total bunk. Actually, my phone is, is 1080p. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. <laughs> So anyway, got a lot of this information off Pod to Pod, some of it off Podcaster News. Yeah. So, um, hey Todd, let's. Uh, I know in the last fifteen minutes or something sure. like that, let's let's talk about um, what the real podcast innovations are oh, this year. I haven't even thought about it. I can't. If I want to say what I think is the innovations, I would toot my own horn, but I don't think that's appropriate. Um, well, you can toot it a little bit. I'm not going to complain. Yeah. So, okay. What did you guys do, Rob, that you consider was innovative this year? Um, oh, as far as speaker goes? Yeah. Um, I don't know that I would classify it as true innovation uh, other than just kind of looking at the space and trying to add um, functions and capabilities to the platform um, that better fit with what uh you know, producers would want, um, you know, like our speaker studio app for windows and Mac we put out this year, um, that has Skype capability built into it. Um, so you can, you can record, play (laughs) sound effects and, and, and record using Skype. I know one of the big challenges that a lot of podcasters have had for a long time is, is an easy way to get Skype, um, recorded. Um, and having some tools wrapped around it that gives you some controls around volume and, and I mean, it's, it's not a very glamorous thing. It's just, right. it's very nuts and bolts. Um, and it's something that I was pretty excited about. And, and I know that the podcaster community was pretty excited about it when we came out with it because a lot of people have been using these, um, these plugin tools into Skype, um, that really don't really work that well. And the audio quality is not that great. Um, so I think that's probably, probably the biggest one for us. Um, and I mean, cause that got huge adoption very quickly. Even CNN uses it to, to record s- some of their remote shows and, and a lot of, a lot of live streaming platforms are using the tool as well. Um, so it's just really easy to use. So I would say that's the biggest one from Spreaker anyway, but I can, I can talk about some things that I see happening in the space that are not specific to Spreaker. Yeah, um, as, as far as stuff that we did, I think we did a lot of improvements to the platform, uh, a lot of stuff that you can't see, and we did a lot of rebranding. That's not innovation, though. That's just general housekeeping. Yeah. Um, we've got a whole bunch of stuff in the hopper that's almost finished. It's going to, matter of fact, we're releasing some stuff on Monday. It's not necessarily innovation, though. It's more of a 
you know, we needed to have this done anyway. So, yeah, um, yeah Todd, I think your, yours and my definition of what true innovation is, is quite a bit higher than I think a lot of people's yeah. expectation around that term innovation. Yeah. Because we have perspective of what's happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't say, you know, there's ma- many things probably that people would perceive as innovation, but aren't really. Right. Um, so that list of true innovation is actually pretty short yeah. as it should be. So what do you think you've seen out there that is true innovation that was like, wow. Um, I think that I'm trying to think here what that would be. Uh, I think some of the things that, um, that the, 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 uh, the overcast app did with some of their functions and capabilities, um, I, I would classify in as kind of the innovation stuff. Like um, one thing that does come to mind, and I'm not sure if he did it this past year or the year before. I can't I can't remember, but um, kind of making an app that was a little smarter about you know like maybe cutting out um, pauses, long mm-hmm. pauses in content automatically. Um, and so when I think of innovation, I'm thinking about really kind of breakthrough things that we've never seen before right <clears throat> that really and it's not always that, that it's impactful um, as a criteria of whether it's innovative or not um, but has has some solves some ling- lingering problem right yeah um, and I can't think of a lot um, like, like I said the the bar is pretty high. Yep. for me around what I consider to be innovation. And I think that's the big thing that sparked us this week with this article was that both of us have a really high bar for what we consider to be innovation. Mm-hmm. You know, and, it, and it, if I, if I just, you know, if I think about, you know, cause I'm pretty focused on what we do, but again, if I, you know, I look, you know, we did this podcast radio play and it really, everybody's been streaming for years. We just made it easy to auto- automate that, but that's not, I would just consider that another cool option. I don't consider that like, you know, innovative. It's, in, it's, it's, it was innovative and it was something we wanted to make easier for podcasters, but it's not like this something that's like jumps out there and, you know, hits you in the face that, uh, has, uh, you know, every podcaster wanting to adopt. Yeah. Um, so I would say that, uh, <clears throat> the echo and the, the Alexa platform, I think is the only one that jumps out at me is, and that's probably a multi-year um, yeah. change. Um, but I consider what a- what Amazon has done with that device is true innovation. It's true. Um, and, and, and they've got a lot yeah. of uh, ground. I mean, it's it's the number of people that are working towards m- expanding that platform is really incredible. Um, Angela went to a, he paid extra. He went to the reInvent, AWS reInvent uh, event in Vegas. And he paid, uh, I don't think it was like 600 bucks for a one-day seminar on building into the, um, into Alexa, into the Echo and Dot. And oh, uh, oh, he wow. just, you know, he, he walked away and said, you know, basically his response to me is, well, they have got this thing really figured out and uh, it's their API is really strong. Now, I think the people that are behind is Google um, because... Yeah. Because, you know, I, Google still doesn't know my podcast. You know, I can't play my podcast on 
Hey, Geek, hey, Google, play Geek News Central podcast. Sorry, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. What so, is that? <clears throat> you know, and uh, so, you know, I, I think Amazon's really done a great job. So, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I, I, I would put that on the list. Yeah. But it's, it, it's, it's difficult to come up yeah. with a, a, a list of true innovations in this space. Um, it's, it's not, I, I had frankly expected more from the, 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 the dashboard of the car by now. Um, well, the thing as, is it's, it's there, it's done. It doesn't have to be innovated any further. <clears throat> Podcast yeah, is, is like a product like Alexa going to be integrated into oh, the car? Maybe. Um, I, I know when I talk to is. those guys, you know, I talked to the guys at Amazon. They're telling me that their goal is to get Alexa integrated into every, every, uh, device they can get it into every, you know, appliance, yeah. uh, clock radios to mm. mobile phones to, refrigerators to washer and dryers. Well, there's really a three-way race here. It's Google, it's uh, Amazon, and Apple on, you know, getting into the home devices. So we'll see. Cortana is probably going to take a chunk out of this, too. Uh, I don't know. Really? They just don't make sex. You know, it's, uh, well, maybe. We'll see. I, I've never used Cortana. I don't, I don't, I never use it. Yeah. I, I use Siri all the time. I use Alexa daily. Um, yeah. I don't know. You know. So I do do wonder what the impact is of um, aug- augmented reality um, could could have on podcasting too. Um, I don't know that it's clear yet what that is. I mean, I could I I could certainly invite uh, Robert Scoble on. Maybe he has some thoughts on that too. For uh, v- where VR is going for podcasting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, mixed reality, I think, is what the what the hot <clears throat> concept well, is. Just now. remember, we've done mixed reality already. We have. Yeah, Second Life. Well, we experimented with podcasting in Second Life. I know. Matter of fact, yeah. I think I still have a second life. I think I pay like fifteen bucks a month and still have a second life property. You're uh, still paying for Second Life, Todd? I think wow. it, because it streams. People walk into my house and streams. I think so. It's probably one of those ones I need to just kill. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, I think it probably canceled years ago with the credit card renewal or something. <laughs> that would be good, I think. Um, yeah. But people are still using uh, Second Life, believe it or not. They're still, really? yeah, it's a bunch of weirdos. Bunch of weirdos. <laughs> but I do wonder, you know, I, as as people move into these mixed reality experiences, um, podcasting will be there um, in some form or another. Uh, it, it it because as people become uh, engulfed in that reality, they're going to be able to control their their audio consumption as well. <clears throat> Or they're going to be just watching porn. Well, they're they're well, they're actually they're going to be in the porn. What do you mean? It's yeah. not just watching. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, that's um, pod, podcasting is going to have a, a a piece of that somehow. I'm not sure what that looks like, but um, 
is there any other thing that you can think of, Todd? I mean, as you saw over the last of 2016, um, maybe in the last minute, maybe we can talk about predictions for next year. Is there anything? Well, I, I really don't have anything additional that I've, I'm sure something will come to me and, and audience feel free to email us if you, if we've missed something obvious here, which potentially we have, but no, I don't think so. I don't think I've got anything to add. And, um, I don't, we could just plan on doing a, a kind of more of a prediction show, um, maybe towards, towards the first of the year, maybe. Yeah. And um, I, and I just got a text from one of our listeners said that we keep sent, uh, setting off Alexa. <laughs> Alexa, play the new media show. <laughs> you have to say, Alexa, play the latest edition of the new media show. Oh, yeah. is that what I have to do? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so okay. and we just, just reset a bunch of people's. Um, so we, people that were listening to us and Alexa just got screwed because <laughs> the show just started over for them. It's true. Well, it doesn't it, play live, though. So. Oh, it, but but it hears itself. If we say that during the show, it'll re, it'll it'll react. I know. Uh, so that's yeah. why I've had to say in my podcast introduction that to tell people you can listen to the latest. Uh, tell Alexa to play the latest edition of this show's name. <laughs> now, if someone actually created a show called This Show's Name, <laughs> it would start up right away. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Uh, it's predictions. A new, it's a new. It's a new marketing strategy. Uh, predictions for next year. Oh. That's going to be tough, Todd. Uh, maybe, maybe by the end of the year, we might be getting close to looking at some. Um, um, for podcasters that are willing to take the lower CPMs, they might be looking at a bigger uptick in. Uh, programmatic maybe next year but again that's going to come exciting. with that's going to come with sacrifice yeah yeah <clears throat> uh, these companies invested a huge amount of money in going after the setting up to work within the podcasting space and they want to return um, if it doesn't ramp up this year it will be bad news for them the following year I think they've got about a year to figure it out, or these companies will walk away from the podcasting space. That, so, so is is radio going to come to the party in any any significant way this year? You think is what is radio? Yeah. Well, you know, if it's like last year, you know, they uh, you know companies had their big planning meetings and what they're going to do for 2016, and my phone rang off the hook from radio people for like five months. But and, then, and they implemented. Then what happened? Well, they implemented. So I'm assuming, I'm hoping we get another round in January. I hope again another another companies have, uh, you know, you know, little by little they're going to start, you know, because they look most of these companies do their planning meetings in early January. What they're going to do, or they've had them this year and they start executing after the new year. So I, I think we'll just continue to see more radio stations come on board, and we onboarded a lot. And uh, especially in the South, the South specifically, you know, hmm. there's probably two, three hundred radio stations in the Southeastern part of the United States that are all, all hot on podcasts. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, 
that's what we all thought was happening coming out of last year. I know you, you and I and Rob Walsh and and Rob McCracken and many in this space were were busy going to radio conferences and yeah. trade shows last year. Yeah, um, a lot of that stuff isn't happening at the same level this year. I've seen that. I mean, a lot of those conferences that we went to last year are now people that are on those panels now are radio people Yeah, that are talking about podcasting now. Um, not podcasts. Well, people, I think, you know, it's just pretty obvious when you go to one of those sessions and 75% of the people walk out of the room to go get a cocktail when you're talking about podcasting, that a lot of these radio people are still not ready. They're, they're, you know, and many of them are older and they're trying to ride the great, ride the gravy train to the end. <laughs> yeah. You know, I did get positive word from the NAB, uh, folks, oh. uh, talk, talk to them, uh, just this last week. Um, they're making final decisions on whether or not they're going to have a podcast track in the spring, um, hmm. NAB conference uh, or the NAB show in Vegas in uh, April. So the Rain Summit is not going to be at uh, NAB this year. They're right. going to have have their own podcast monetization summit well, on the East Coast. They're having a they're having a business uh, the business of podcasting summit. That's right, the business of podcasting summit. Yeah, yes. in June. Yep, I, I believe in Atlanta, I think. New York City. No? Oh, New York City, that's right. Yep. You're right. So I've got, I'm scheduled to talk with those folks next week. So they're seeking sponsors. Of course. So uh, we'll see what happens with that one. I don't, I, you know, it's, it's awful close to uh, podcast movement. You know, so. Yeah. I yeah. think. You're gonna to have to choose. Mm, well, you know the the question is, can I? You know, it's it, it they they announced now, but uh, you know, it's a pretty big. It would be a pretty big budget line item to sponsor and go to that event. And it's only like two half days or something like that. Oh, it is. Oh, because usually those events are only one day events. Yes, yeah, so I think they said they're gonna have two half days. Oh. So, huh. you know, I might have read it wrong, but yeah, usually it's a single day event. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, so I'm sure people will be hearing more about that. And, you know, the rain events, you don't, don't get me wrong, the rain events have, are always, uh, from a networking standpoint, very valuable to go to. And they usually have a fair lineup of people. Um, but it's a are, small group. Yeah, but it's it's okay. It's, you know, four or 500 people, typically, yeah? Yeah, yeah. But it's made up of some heavy hitters, too, so... Oh, yeah, it is. No question about it. Yeah. All right, gang, we are we're out of time. And, uh, Rob, we're, I guess we're going to be on next week, too, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, no. okay. And then we'll probably, then it gets kind of weird. So we'll, we'll talk about that on the next show. But uh, um, okay. hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. And uh, if you got comments or you want to be on the show, don't worry. We are nice. We don't, we're not going to tear you up. Uh, you got something to say about the space? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, drop Rob or I a line and say you'd like to come on. But uh, you can reach me at uh, Todd at newmediashow.com or geeknews at gmail.com, uh, at Twitter at geeknews. 
course, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, check out my tech show, Geek News Central Podcast at geeknewscentral.com. Rob? I can be found uh, on Twitter, at Rob Greenlee. Uh, I have a website, robgreenlee.com, and I can be reached, uh, rob at spreaker.com. I'm the head of content over there, and so those are the best places to reach me. But uh, had quite a few people on both YouTube and on Facebook today, so thanks for joining us live, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what the feedback on this show is going to be. <laughs> yeah, it will be interesting, that's for sure. Everyone take care. We'll see you next time here on the, on the new media show. Bye-bye.